This section in the book of James asks a very fundamental and important question, a very penetrating question. Who among you is wise and understanding? Answer, let him show it by his good behavior and his deeds and the gentleness of wisdom. How we need wisdom. Wisdom is really the application of knowledge, but it's so much more. And we need to grow in wisdom. And God will help us through his word as we explore James 3 today on Walk in Truth. Welcome to Walk in Truth with Michael Lance. Walk in Truth is a ministry of Living Truth Christian Fellowship. It's our goal to build up believers and to reach out with God's truth to all people. And now, here's Pastor Michael. Moses, a wise man, of course, of his time, said, Teach us, Psalm 90, verse 12, to number our days that we may present to you, God, a heart of wisdom. The Hebrew concept of wisdom is interesting. It has the idea to divide. The Hebrew words mean to divide. It speaks of anointing. And it has this this concept. The Hebrew word for wisdom means to be able to divide between what is man's wisdom and God's wisdom and then choose God's wisdom. Wouldn't you say that that's really it, right? We have man's so-called wisdom. We have God's wisdom. We want to choose God's wisdom and then live by that. So knowledge is important. It's an important concept. You've got to learn God's word. And if you don't know things, it's hard to apply what you don't know. So you got to learn. Learning is part of it. This is part of it, right? We get into God's word. We want to learn. But learning is not the end. It's the doing that really matters. And as we said in an earlier message in James chapter 1, that's where most of us fail. So an outline. What does wisdom look like? That's the opening question. A summation. James will reveal that positive and negative aspects of this question. On the positive, he will say, wisdom has good deeds done in humility, verse 13. On the negative side, it will, it will uh, not have uh, jealousy or selfish ambition. That's verse 14. In fact, if, that's, if it's God's wisdom, uh, it, will, it will have fruits. We'll see later on in the chapter. But if it's man's wisdom, it could even be earthly. It can be demonic. In verse 17, we'll see the beautiful fruits of good wisdom. And then we'll see uh, what kind of seeds are you planting in verse 18. Are they seeds of righteousness? Are they seeds of peace? Are you making a difference in other people's lives? Is the Holy Spirit moving powerfully in your life to impact others? I want to show you a proverb. It's, uh, you got Psalms and then Proverbs. Go ahead and find Proverbs chapter 4. The book of James has been called the New Testament book of Proverbs because it's filled with practical wisdom. Of course, we have an Old Testament book of Proverbs. And in chapter 4, and by the way, for you men, we are studying Proverbs uh, by topic on Thursday mornings at uh, a local restaurant. You can find out more on the app. If you're available on a Thursday morning at 9 a.m., come on out. It's a, it's a great study. This is Proverbs 4. Look at verse 4. Proverbs 4, verse 4. This is a father's wisdom to a son. Then he taught me, Proverbs 4, 4, and said to me, Let your heart hold fast my words. Keep my commandments and live. Acquire wisdom, Proverbs 4, 5. Acquire understanding. That's how James opened three, chapter 3, verse 13. Do not forget nor turn away from the words of my mouth. Do not forsake her. She will guard you. 
Love her and she will watch over you. Wisdom is being personified in the feminine here. The beginning of wisdom is acquire wisdom and with all your acquiring, get understanding. Prize her, verse 8, and she will exalt you. She will honor you if you embrace her. She will place on your head a garland of grace. She will present you with a crown of beauty. Hear my son and accept my sayings and the years of your life will be many. I've directed you in the way of wisdom. I've led you in upright paths. Notice that wisdom is a way. It's a path. When you walk, your steps will not be impeded. Verse 12. If you run, you will not stumble. Take hold of instruction. Do not let go. Guard her, for she is your life. You know, there are so many Proverbs I can show you, uh, and we won't go there uh, this morning, that are just like that. Basically saying, if you could turn back to the book of James, if you'll live out wisdom, if you'll live out God's word, you will have a blessed life. Things won't be perfect, but they will be blessed. And so here's the question. Are you getting your wisdom from above or below? In Jesus, Colossians 2, 3 says, are all the hidden treasures of wisdom and knowledge. If you want to understand what a life of wisdom looks like, just read the Gospels and just watch Jesus in action. He was wisdom embodied. Within Jesus Christ is hidden all, not some, all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. So watch him interact with people. Watch how he prays. Watch how he takes time for rest. Watch how he speaks words of grace and life. Watch how he's willing to touch outcasts and do things that are surprising to the religious folk. That's, that's really how we understand wisdom. In Isaiah 50, verse 4, there's a beautiful, uh, what's called a soliloquy of the Messiah. And it says, The Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned, speaking of Jesus, that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the learned or to hear as the wise. Daniel is celebrated as a wise man in the book of Ezekiel. Uh, as one of uh, a few really very wise men that are uh, laid out to us in Scripture. In Daniel 12.3, Daniel writes, Those who are wise will shine like the brightness of the heavens, and those who lead many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. But the Apostle Paul does ask, where is the wise man? Where is the debater of this age? Sometimes I look around and I say, we've got more information than we've ever had but as far as the wisdom barometer is concerned, I don't know if there's a whole lot of wisdom. We've got information overload, but we've got a lot of lonely people, a lot of desperate people, a lot of people who don't not know even how to navigate the basic things of their life. So you could say that true wisdom begins when we recognize even our own ignorance of these things. I heard the story of a man who bought a yacht. His wife was nervous because he had no experience in sailing, but he knew he could handle it. So for weeks, he practiced in the harbor before taking it out to sea. Finally, he talked his nervous wife into going out on the yacht with him. Gingerly, she stepped aboard. Out into the harbor, they headed, and he tried to put her at ease. He said, he said honey, look, I practiced enough in the harbor to know where every rock, every reef, every sandbar is. I know it all. 
At that very moment, a huge hidden rock beneath the surface, surface made a large crunching sound from the stem to the stern. <laughs> he said, there, with a sheepish grin, there's one of them going by right now. <laughs> I found another one. Sometimes we just get scraped by things, right? And we learn. We all know that we learn from our mistakes. Sometimes our biggest mistakes can become a pathway for healing and even ministry. And so don't give up on yourself if you've made an error or you've scraped the bottom of your vessel, as it were. There's hope to keep moving in the right direction, to have wisdom. Jeremiah 8, 9 says, The wise men are put to shame. They are dismayed and caught. Behold, they have rejected the word of the Lord. And what kind of wisdom do they have? Jeremiah 9, 23 and 24 says, Thus says the Lord, Let not a wise man boast of his wisdom. Let not the mighty man boast of his might. Let not a rich man boast of his riches. But let him who boasts boast of this, that he understands and knows me. Jeremiah 9.24, that I am the Lord who exercises loving kindness, justice, and righteousness on the earth, for I delight in these things, declares the Lord. In Hebrew thought, wisdom is very relational. Wisdom has to do with an intimate connection with God. If you're going to be a wise person, it's because you know the Lord. You understand him with your mind, but you also know him. You know him. If you want to be wise, it's about knowing the ultimate fountain of wisdom, not the broken cisterns of the world. It's walking in the Spirit. It is living out the priorities of heaven. Who is wise and understanding among you? James 3.13 in the NIV. Let him show it. By his good life, by deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom. See, wisdom is expressed in humility because when we understand who God is and we understand who we are, we understand how little we actually know. Amen? Sometimes you'll talk to a person and you'll say, do you believe in God? No, I'm an atheist. Okay. On what basis have you become an atheist? On my vast knowledge of the universe and I'm 18 now. I've got a lot of things. I've learned quite a bit. <laughs> And you're like, how much, how much of the knowledge in the universe do you think that you possess at this very moment? The vast universe. How much of that knowledge do you think you have? What percentage would you give to it? It might be under 1%. It might be like a little, 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 little number under 1%, right? So that, could there be some, some wisdom in the universe somewhere that you don't know about yet? Well, yeah, maybe, yeah, yeah. There is. See, wisdom says we got to keep operating in humility. My boy said the store owner to his new employee, wisdom and integrity are essential to the retail business. By integrity, I mean if you promise a customer something, you have to keep that promise, even if that means we lose money. And what, asked the teenager, is wisdom? That, answered the boss, is not making any stupid promises. <laughs> so we don't lose any money, right? How many of you have learned in business that if you can, uh, 
not over-promise, but maybe you, you pad things a little and you can over-deliver. Hey, listening family, this is Pastor Michael, and I want to tell you about the store at walkintruth.com. There's 27 products up at the store right now, ranging from things like the teaching on 666 from the book of Revelation, the seven seals from Revelation, Scientology, Jehovah's Witnesses, the anatomy of a fall, how to avoid falling from 2 Samuel, and even teaching on the occult. Most recently, an interview with Frank Sontag about the New Age movement and his personal testimony. Hey, when you go to the store and you purchase a product, you partner with us to reach more people like you. So go to the store, walkintruth.com, click on the store, purchase a product of interest, buy it for a friend, and when you do, you'll be partnering with us to reach more people for the cause of Christ. We love you. We appreciate you. You can also give donations there at walkintruth.com. That's walkintruth.com. Click on that store and partner with us today. We appreciate it. God bless you. We'll talk to you soon. You have to keep that promise, even if that means we lose money. And what, asked the teenager, is wisdom? That, answered the boss, is not making any stupid promises. (laughs) So we don't lose any money, right? How many of you have learned in business that if you can... uh, not over-promise, but maybe you, you pad things a little and you can over-deliver. Maybe you're ahead of schedule by one day. Uh, then the customer's happy. You got to be careful. You don't make promises that you can't keep, right? Oh, we'll have that for you tomorrow. Sure, it'll be no problem. This is what salesmen and companies are famous for, right? They over-promise and then the production guy gets the, the job, right? <laughs> How are we going to do it? You're going to print it by tomorrow because I'm not doing it. That's when we know we have some trouble. Understanding appears only here in the New Testament, carries the idea of specialized knowledge, such as that of a highly skilled tradesman or professional who is wise and understanding among you. We know wisdom. Understanding is that which is uh, intelligence, experienced, one having precise or expert knowledge. Isn't it amazing to watch someone who's an expert in a field Someone who's done something their whole life, they know it so well, you're like in awe at how well they can do something. Or you watch an athlete who's played a sport for many years and they're just so good. And then you find out that some of the best athletes that we admire are the ones the earliest in the gym. They're shooting all the time. They're practicing. Even though they've got God-given talent, they've become so good. If you watch the NBA playoffs, some of the shots by Steph Curry unbelievable on his back foot from 30 feet splashing three pointers it's like hey that doesn't come automatically that comes from a lot of hard work and I'm glad to say that Steph Curry is also a Christian so I'm sure the Lord's blessing those three pointers as they're launched in the air don't, don't you think sometimes the Lord does that I don't know Proverbs 16 16 says how much better is it to get wisdom than gold and to get understanding it is be- better it is to be chosen above silver. Proverbs 16, 17 says, The highway of the upright is to depart from evil. He who watches his way preserves his life. The wise in heart will be called discerning, and sweetness of speech increases persuasiveness. So we can see this humility, this wisdom that we need. But then there's a but. 
And this is verse 14, James 3. But if you have bitter jealousy, this is the opposite of wisdom, right? And selfish ambition in your heart, do not be arrogant. Arrogance, opposite of humility. And so lie against the truth. NIV, if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. There were some people who were saying they were wise, but they were bitter. And since James is addressing a church, and potentially even at the head of his list are teachers in the church, we can see the problem. And this is an age-old problem. Oftentimes in the place of the redeemed community where there should be humility and love and all those things that we would celebrate as the body of Christ, we find sometimes that people are jockeying for positions, gossiping, selfishly ambitious to the uh, destruction of others. And sadly, James has to address this because this was going on. People were bitter towards one another. They had selfish ambition and it was pushing them forward and they were stepping on one another. They were bitter towards each other. Picross is the word for bitter. It has the basic meaning of pointed, sharp, prickly, or even pungent. Maybe you know somebody, you work with somebody who's just a bitter person. It's hard to be around a person like that. Because when they're bitter at everything, their bitterness ends up, the prickly stuff ends up hitting into you. It just stinks. And that's really the Greek word. It's pungent. And this was going on. There was bitter jealous, jealousy or literally harsh zeal. Bitterness cuts both ways. It will likely hurt the object it is directed at, but it will always cut you up and eat you up as well. Are you a bitter person? Maybe you have reasons, you know. Maybe you've been hurt on multiple occasions. Understandable. But that bitterness is just going to hurt you and others around you. And so it cuts both ways. It's not bad to be zealous about something, but when your zeal turns into partisanship, which is kind of what this Greek word is getting at, selfish ambition uh, is a word that was used for partisan zeal of factional greedy politicians. I'm so sick of it, I can't even tell you. The ads that play, you know, prior to an election and, you know, the, the negative ads that are run against this person, you know, there's a positive ad and, you know, the person has to come on the television, I am so-and-so and I approve this ad. And then the, their, their person that running against them, you know, it's a dark picture. Usually they have a funny face, you know. <laughs> So-and-so was an evil politician. You won't believe what he did, but he was taking kickback from... And you're like, oh, wow, that person, wow. And they're effective ads. And they're meant to do one thing. They're meant to really slam and and paint somebody a certain way, and then the bright, shiny picture of the politician who wants to win, who did that terrible ad against that person, comes on in shining glory. Ah, vote for. Ah. And you know that ah, over here is as dirty as the other person. And, you know, then you hear about money that's 
sent over here so this person can win so that the other person can be in a better position and you're like, oh my goodness, this is just, it, it can be an ugly world, man. Really ugly. This attitude is really, I'm going to push myself to the top no matter what it takes. No matter what I have to say, what I have to do, nothing is going to stop me. I will do whatever it takes. The story is told of two men who lived in a certain city. One was envious and the other covetous. The ruler of the city sent for them and said he wanted to grant them one wish each with this stipulation that the one who chose first would get exactly what he asked for while the other man would get exactly twice what the first had asked for himself. The envious man was ordered to choose first but immediately found himself in a quandary. He wanted to choose something great for himself, but realized that if he did so, the other man would get twice as much, and Mr. Envious could not handle that. So he thought for a while, and then he asked that one of his eyes be plucked out. You'll get that in a moment. Because the other guy would get twice as much. And so by, you take one of my eyes, because then he'll lose two. <laughs> what? But you still lost one. Yeah, but he lost two. <laughs> yeah, but you lost one. And there are people who wake up every morning in our world, and that's how they operate. And it's sad. And James, as he addresses the church, says, Brethren, this wisdom, verse 15, this kind of wisdom that I just talked about, is not that which comes down from heaven or comes down from above. That kind of wisdom is earthly, natural, and de demonic. Bible students, just write down, it's the world, earthly, the flesh, natural, the devil, demonic. See, every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights. And one of the great gifts that he gives to his people is wisdom. But the wisdom James just talked about is not of God. That's not God's way. That wisdom, if you live in that world, if that's you, it's earthly, it's natural, it's the opposite of spiritual, and it's even demonic. This is the business of Satan. To get people to destroy one another in their home, in their church, in their business, in their friendships. This is what he does. He was a murderer from the beginning. There are doctrines of demons. There are teachings that flow down from the pit. They flow up, if you will. There are those who hold to a form of godliness, but they've denied its power. Avoid such men as these. It's like Peter, when he gave that great confession and then he spoke that Jesus should not go to the cross. And Jesus says, get behind me, Satan. You're not interested in God's interest, but what? Man's. That's worldly wisdom. That's philosophy that can take you captive because it can promise something now. Here you go. Here's your pot of gold. But what, what is it going to cost you to get there? If you get there the right way, you'll be content. And you'll have harmony. And so Satan's self-interest 
back in the book of Isaiah, I will, I will, I will, I will, is what sent him falling from heaven to earth. All-consuming pride took a beautiful, likely archangel and made him the epitome of evil. He ruined himself. And now all he can do is attempt to take others down with him. And if one is not careful, that's what we can do as well. There are people who have gotten to a point in their life that's, that's all they're about. Who can I take down next? For where jealousy, 16, and selfish ambition exist, there is disorder and every evil thing. Notice jealousy and selfish ambition are at the heart of the verse and the fruit of what happens here is disorder. Interesting Greek word. It speaks of instability. It speaks of disturbance, confusion, tumult, disarray, revolution, anarchy, chaos. Satan is the king of chaos. He loves it. Hey, listening family, if you're new to Walk in Truth, my name is Michael Lance. I'm the senior pastor of Living Truth Christian Fellowship in the city of Corona in Southern California. Hey, recently I've written a book called Suit Up, Putting on the Full Armor of God. It shows you how to put on what God has provided so that you can stand strong in the spiritual battle and stand strong against temptation with the resources that God provides. This book is available at the store at walkintruth.com. Go to walkintruth.com, click on the store, click on the book. I'll get you a signed copy and your donation will help support Walk in Truth and help us reach out to more people. Again, the book is Suit Up, Putting on the Full Armor of God, available at walkintruth.com. That's walkintruth.com. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. Pastor Michael would love to hear from you. You can write him when you visit walkintruth.com.